Coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Okay, okay, okay. My guest will be here momentarily. He is trying to figure out how to get on right now. Just click on the link and you'll be on. That is as simple as it gets. So hopefully Phil will be here shortly. I know he's in the studio recording some stuff for GOA, so he'll be in here in a minute. While he's doing that, let me introduce myself. My name is John Crump. I am the Virginia Director of Gunners of America, and that's one of the reasons why we are broadcasting to the Virginia page. And, wow, I see. I thought flying Rich. Hold on. Rich, I thought you were going to be on the road. No, it's going to be on the road, but I figure I'd give you a hand for a couple minutes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Phil, Phil's going to be on in a second. He's trying to figure out how to get on. But uh, like I was saying, I'm the Virginia director of Gun Owners of America. And that's what, one of the reasons why we are broadcasting to a Gun Owners of America Facebook group. So, Rich, you are being seen by more people than usual. Really? Yeah. You know, sometimes they, they recognize my photo from the post office. Yeah. No, we're, we're going to a, a Gun Owners of America group. Okay, uh, with that said, let me do my sponsorships really quick. First sponsor is Tusk. Tusk is a awesome cryptocurrency focusing on the firearms market. Proudly sponsored by TUSC, the only cryptocurrency designed with the firearms market in mind. With three-second processing times, it's the fastest cryptocurrency on the planet. On the planet. With lower transaction fees than traditional credit cards, it's perfect for your e-commerce needs. For gun guys, buy gun guys. Visit TUSC.network for more information and join the digital revolution. Not only that, we are sponsored by um, Black Swan Tactical. Black Swan Tactical, your number one source for 2A streetwear. With shirts, mugs, hats, patches, flags, and more. There's always something to help you rep the 2A community. All proceeds go back into our projects. Viewers and listeners can take an additional 10% off with code CRUMPY. Unapologetically pro-gun, pro-liberty, and pro-freedom gear for the front lines of the culture war. And, of course, you can always sponsor uh, this podcast and buy your own patreon.com slash John Crump Super Chats or hit the join button below and join the uh, crumpy people. All right. With that said, if you notice, we have another guy here, and uh, I, Rich met him over the weekend. His name hey guys. is Phil Raboli, and he is from... The Minuteman moment. So, if everyone can call him the Minuteman, I would really appreciate that. You kept busting my chops about that all weekend, <laughs> and I'm going to have to continue letting you do it now. So, I don't. I don't have a choice. Yeah. So look at look at Phil, man. He's all like dressed up. I guess that's what a, a powerful 
lobbyist on the hill dressed as like. Don't call me a lobbyist. I thought we were friends, man. Come on. Right, well, this isn't the chicken farmer guy, is it? No. <laughs> I wish. No, he's talking about Rob Olson, who farms chickens, who brought me eggs. That's cool. Uh, no, no. Phil works uh, uh, near near the Capitol, works with uh, some Capitol people. Behind the Iron Curtain? I work with- I, I work. I do. I work. Behind, I work a block away from the Iron Curtain. Yeah, I work for full time, actually, for an organization called the Conservative Partnership Institute. A uh, great bunch of folks. Um, we're really in the fight, right in the middle of it. And I'm lucky enough on the side to be doing a lot of stuff with GOA. Um, I GOA when I was a humble Senate staffer, they were my go-to on a bunch of stuff. So it's such a blessing to be able to work with them in a more professional capacity now that I'm not a bureaucrat anymore. Yeah. JSD supply, which you also met this weekend says, what's up minute, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Pretty cool people. Yeah. So you got involved with GOA and you're doing the minute man moment, which is a short video YouTube hit um, on the GOA webpage. What is that about? So this is an idea that um, I had with Aiden Johnston, who's the director of federal affairs for GOA back in November. And as you know, like any good project that's worth doing, it took a while to get off the air. So we did our first episode in January of 21. And the concept is really simple. GOA is putting out a <laughs> – thank you, Swamp Dog Armory – uh, it's good, it's good seeing you over the weekend. Like GOA is putting out a ton of really good content on a daily basis, right? They're putting out newsletters, they're putting out press releases, they're doing interviews. And so my thought was, and you know, was let's put all of those press releases into a YouTube format, which is incredibly popular and maybe we'll reach a whole nother audience. And it seems that people have really gravitated to it and they like it. And the format is pretty simple, is you take a piece of legislation, good or bad, and you talk about it. Or, you know, uh, um, you, uh, you find an issue federally that's interesting, and we sort of make a five-minute video about it. But the more of these we do, we're actually branching out a little bit into other formats, which is sort of cool. You know what? Phil, over the weekend, What's up? Rich rolled heavy, and he actually made a T-shirt because we were on Hank Strange, giving him a hard time. Well, he wasn't on there, but we were talking about him because that's the best way to give people a hard time when they can't defend themselves about about <laughs> Rich and his and his posse and his entourage. Hank called him the uh, Flying Rich Squadron, and now he made a T-shirt. <laughs> And he actually made a promo video for the T-shirt, and it's Hank and I discussing Rich and his posse that goes around teasing people. Well, let's Wait, see it. Did you stay? Did you stay for the tasing on Sunday? No, we drove back to the airport. Oh, okay, you weren't there. I I got a taser video also. Yeah, they were. They brought an actual taser, and they were tasing each people. Just, just like videos, or it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, videos, the, or it didn't happen. There's videos. There's plenty of videos. <laughs> video. 
It's like on everyone's YouTube page. <laughs> yeah, but it was my posse right, doing the tasing. Yeah. Well, okay. Rolling so heavy. Yeah, rolling heavy. Well, so Phil and I, we we actually met for the first time. Well, we, we've spoken, but the first time we met face-to-face in the Atlanta airport where uh, we, we flew into Atlanta. He flew in from a different airport in the D.C. area than I did, So, but we arrived basically at the same time. And uh, the director of communications for GOA, we found out, sucks at approximating distance. Yeah, he's not a map reader. God bless him. Good man. Not a map reader. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's about an hour away from the airport. We plugged it in. It's like over a hundred miles, two and a half hours. So it was like, are we, did you put it in the right place? We actually looked up the hotel address on the phone to make sure we're going to the right place. I'm convinced what he meant was it's an hour as the crow flies. But when you're on those Atlanta roads, it's two hours. Are there any heavy straight traffic. roads in Atlanta? Oh, I guess Jordan's watching. He says he was doing. I, I guess this is Jordan uh, with Facebook. You Jordan? have you have to hit uh, a button to give permission to show your name. But uh, it says I was doing country travel time. If this is Jordan, I recall that his reasoning was, "We're from the south. We're not in a hurry to get anywhere. Deal with it." I respect it. Yeah. It it was something like that, but yeah, that, that was it was a fun time. It, it was yeah, a, uh, I mean, even the two hour drive was fun. Uh, JSD supplies says it it was definitely two plus hours. <laughs> and Jordan says maybe it's Jordan, maybe it's not. It's Jordan. Better than my nine hour ride. Yeah, Rich Rich drove up from uh, Southern Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, Palm Beach County. It's a yeah. good area. If you yeah, don't, I'm in the oh. redneck part. I'm in uh, Jupiter Farms, where you hear people popping off their shotguns every time at noon. Yeah, Phil is originally from Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my wife grew up not far from uh, where you are, and I grew up. A little further south, but I love uh, I love that area you're from. It's it's great. It's got everything: beaches, food, mm-hmm. good people. But now he lives in D.C. And now I live in, in the, the swamp. swamp. <laughs> you went from the Everglades to the to the real swamp. I went went from a fun swamp where you can do a whole bunch of stuff to a place where it's on lockdown. And uh, looks, it's like a bad novel in here. So, do they still have you know the Carcentina wire and fences and all that going on? They took a lot of that down, but it's still pretty heavily guarded. I think the worst part about this, to be to be honest, like the 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 visuals of of the wire and the fences, that was really bad. It was gross and it was un-American. But what's really bad is American people still can't go in the building. Like it's really really hard to go in there. Oh wow! So a big part of you know, being a Republic is being able to go in there and lobby your representative. I don't mean professional lobbyists. I mean, right. you know, Joe My and, First and, Amendment right redress Public. of grievances. You would think so, but you can't do that. And it's sad. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I who knows how much longer that'll be going on. 
that that they're passing all of this like BS legislature legis what is it BS laws in the first hundred days, and that's when they had the fence around. So uh, if you didn't like what they were doing, you couldn't possibly go there and vocalize it. Yeah, he's the most popular president in American history, and he's got the place locked down like a fortress. I don't know how that works. Yeah, fifty-six yeah, percent approval rating as of today. Says who? <laughs> Hello, uh, uh, Appalachian gun runner out there. Yeah, it is kind of uh, crazy how how well they lock down the place. It's like after nine eleven. It was it's extremely hard to take tours of the White House. Yeah, they they did the same thing after nine eleven, right? Because they're worried about you know attacks on the Capitol where people were killed, right? Yeah, but now they're worried about. Hmm. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They used the whole January sixth thing as an excuse. Absolutely, a convenient excuse. Yeah. Right. As you can tell, Rich is very conservative. So, yeah, you guys will get along. Well, you, I guess you guys do get along since you guys actually met. Let me ask you a question. You know, I think a more. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think a more interesting question is to ask why it happened. Right. Why? You know, like, I'm. I'm not interested in that it happened, but why did good, honest, nor like. Like, you know, God-fearing Americans I, decide that that was something they wanted to do. It seems to me like we should be asking that, like, what are their grievances? Why did they decide to do that? Why, why do they feel like they're not being heard? Um, these are questions that are more interesting than yeah. painting them broad brushes of being racist or, or whatever else. Yeah, so, we, we asked that. Or, know, but nobody wants to ask that. We asked that last summer. Of well, the rioters. Personally, I, I was mad at everybody. I was mad at the Republicans, the Rhinos, the Democrats, whoever. I was mad at everybody because nobody proved that the election was valid and nobody proved it was invalid. It was like, hmm, Biden won. Okay, call it a day. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. Um, it's like in 2016, it's like, oh, voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud. Then all of Only a sudden, Republicans win. 2020, there's no such thing as voter fraud, and there's no way anyone can inter- interfere with the election. It's like, wait a minute. It, it's just like the math thing. Be, before, when people weren't, when they were, when everyone their math, they were like, trust science, trust science, trust science. You're an idiot if you don't trust science. Now the science says it's okay to go without a mask if you're vaccinated. And they're like, I don't trust that. It's like, wait a you minute. What's interesting is we went from, yeah. Uh, sorry. We went Somebody from, in the chat says, my wife should be on the video. My wife would be lighting this on fire right now. She <laughs> is the Jehovah Witness of constitutionality. Awesome. It just seems weird to me that we went from uh, 2016, which, you know, this election was hacked by uh, everybody from foreign governments to some kid in his mom's basement. And then we went to the most secure election of all time. The only plausible explanation for that, if you believe that, is that Trump made it the most secure election of all time, and yet he made it the most insecure the first time. I don't get it. He, he's magical, man. Magical. He's magical. 
Okay, let's talk about David Chipman. Oh, actually, before we do that, let's go back and talk about the hearings that you watched and you analyzed on Minuteman Moment. Um, yeah, that um, that was like my think? favorite episode ever. Cool, thanks. I was like, man, thinking when I was watching it, I had all these thoughts in my head. Did I watch your Minuteman moment? This is the hearing that they did about uh, unfinished frames and receivers. So when I watched it, I had all these thoughts in my head. Then when I watched the Minuteman moment, you brought up like every point that I was thinking. And like oh, little subtleties that no one, I, I guess people call it, but little subtleties and how they describe stuff. Like the Supreme Court. Talk about the, I think you know what I'm talking about with the Supreme Court. But Blumenthal? Yeah. So, Sid Blumenthal, who is, you know, when you talk about the elites, he's about the elite of the elite of the elite. And John is here talking about subtleties, right? We really have to pick up on the details of what they're saying. So, Blumenthal says it was in, I think it was in response to a question or a statement from Senator Cruz from Texas. And Cruz said, You all are basically a bunch of gun grabbers. And Senator Blumenthal from Connecticut said, no, we are not gun grabbers. No one on this panel wants to grab your guns. In fact, we have the Second Amendment. And you're thinking to yourself, whoa, okay. He's at least respecting the Second Amendment. But he goes on, we have the Second Amendment. And as the composition of the Supreme Court we currently have interprets the Second Amendment, you can't confiscate firearms. So that assumes a lot of questions, right? It assumes that, first off, Blumenthal doesn't think the Second Amendment says what it means. It means what it says. But he also assumes that, you know, three things can happen. The first is he could pass a law and get the president to sign it that would do any number of things to, you know, firearms and Second Amendment because he doesn't actually think the Second Amendment supreme. Second, that if the balance of the court flips to being more anti-gun, that a new interpretation suddenly changes the meaning of the Second Amendment. Or three, and they've talked about this, you just pack the court. So his statement to Senator Cruz initially started off as him sort of giving a sense that, yes, I believe in there's as bad as I am on guns, there's still a measure of, you know, we're still restricted from doing anything we want. But he just basically laid it out on the table and says, well, as soon as the Supreme Court says something different, we can do whatever we want to you and your guns. I'm Which, sure Dick that's the Blumenthal is uh, as truthful about his thoughts on the Second Amendment as his, uh, how, how should we say, uh, storied military career? Yeah. I mean, he's, it's the subtleties, right? It's the subtleties. And we just saw this in yesterday's hearing on Chipman. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not a real... Um, you know, I hate to call another person, uh, you know, a liar, but basically that's, you know, when, when you lie by, by obfuscating the issue, that's what you're doing. Um, and they did that throughout, uh, throughout the, the 80% uh, hearing last week. Did you catch the part? Um, uh, again, another Blumenthal clip where he holds up two pictures and one is uh, of a finished firearm of, uh, that started with an 80% and one's a Glock. And he goes, I bet you can't tell the difference between these two. And one's an 80 percent. One's a firearm that had to be purchased with a background check. And I'm sure every single one of us were like, yeah, you can. You know immediately which one's the 
eighty percent, and which one's the it was which one's the Glock. He just doesn't know what he's talking about, and he, I think it's willful ignorance. He definitely doesn't know what he's talking about. What people need to realize is people that sit up on these committees and stuff like that. The lines that they speak and the stuff that they say is not actually from them. They usually get it from special interest groups that feed them information. So that idea probably wasn't originated from Blumenthal or even one of the staffers. It probably came from outside his office. And that's the way DC works. Yeah. Do you do you think Hank Johnson is smarter than Blumenthal, or Blumenthal smarter than Hank Johnson? Oh, Hank Johnson's the guy who thought the island was going to flip over, right? Guam, yeah. Can you yes. imagine being the general saying, <laughs> "Well, um, you're an idiot." I I didn't say that out loud, did I? Um, I don't believe that's one of our considerations, uh, Senator. Please fund me. It's a toss-up, man. I I I couldn't tell you. What I'm worried is some of these people are actually smart on the other side. That That's my main concern. The idiots There's like no Hank, proof of that. There's no proof. Yeah, but I I would rather deal with Hank Johnson being, being just an idiot than a smart person working against me. I don't know. Uh, Speak it because at least they have to follow the marching orders from somebody else. Somebody else has got to be whispering in their ear and telling them what to do. So maybe you're right. Uh, they're, you know, in a battle of wits, they're going to fail, but you know, they, they don't know right from wrong. They're, they're just doing whatever their puppet master tells them to do. Now, speaking of smart people on the other side of this, you brought up David Chipman. I just did a, um, interview. We'll be putting it up on the channel. I think pretty soon with the guy who's doing the opposition research for against all of Biden's nominees. And he just put out a bunch of paper on Chipman. I mean, more of this is going to start coming out as we get closer to the vote so we can sort of get out there in the public. But no one that Chipman ever worked with said he's dumb. They just said he's an egomaniac and a bad person and that he's a, he'll be a bad leader. But not a single person said he's dumb. Like he's very, he's smart enough to understand that he can take his career in the ATF and translate it into a multi-million dollar product when he's lobbying for Bloomberg and every town and Giffords. And then he's smart enough to take that career and finagle his way to get nominated to be head of the ATF. He's not dumb. He's just an egomaniac and a bad leader and a gun grabber to boot. Yeah. And that's the thing that a couple of things fascinate me is that you think that our representation is going to be the best and the brightest among us. And, it, and it's woefully not so. And it, it often when you look at somebody like AOC or Chipman or, you know, Hank Johnson, you're, you're seriously doing some head scratching is how did they fail up like that? I mean, I don't Man, know. That's, that's a, the question. That's a good question. Um, how do I fail up like that? <laughs> let me know how to fail. John, look, I'll put myself in that boat. Yeah, let me know how to fail, and I will fail up into uh, all, all the money, fame, and fortune. And then, but yeah, it's 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 insane, and the amount of gun grabbing 
that they want to do is also incredible. David Chipman is probably, I'm not going to even say probably, David Chipman is the most heinous anti-gun grabbing um, nominee for any department ever. And that's my opinion. My you know opinion. what I learned today from we were breaking down to me to your point about he's a heinous gun grabber. So I watched this hearing live as it happened. And then I was going over the clips again today. And I missed this the first time. So he was having a re- interaction with Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. And she read one of his quotes and I, and I heard it right. And I was stunned because I missed it the first time she said he wants to put every current production AR-15, that's 223 and above, into the NFA. He then wants to make every every single one of those types of rifles illegal to make from here on out. The first time I watched it, I only heard the first part about putting them all in the NFA. But he then wants to make them illegal the same way they did with machine guns. Yeah, that came from a 2018 thing that he wrote for Giffords. I wrote an article on it a while back about him wanting to do that. And that quote uh, and so I guess the, was pulled from that. And, and so what's your take? Like, What is his approach for dealing with any, any AR-15 that doesn't get registered? Like, You would assume he would have them confiscated, right? Yeah, he according to the document, it, it would regulate uh, AR-15s and semi-automatic rifles as basically machine guns. The same thing, like, this is where it ends. No new productions after this. And hopefully in 20 years, for a semi-automatic rifle, you're going to be paying twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 for a transferable one. And, and that's my take wants. on it. That's what he wants. You, in, the same, in, in the same article that she is referencing, he talks about how we need to um, use the bump stock ruling to define detachable magazines as machine guns. So, yes. Basically, let me uh, grab my uh, boogaloo. Uh, actually, huh. which one am I going to grab? I'll grab this one. So basically, this beautiful Red October X-Tech AK bag would become a machine gun itself. For $200 tax stamp for this, $200 tax stamp for my Boogaloo rifle, my Boogaloo magazine back there as well. So, so they're just going to tax us to death no, on things we already own. Basically, yeah. You know, then only the rich can have it because he's an elitist. Yes, he is without question an elitist. Um, so he had a good exchange. I don't know if you guys watched that uh, Judiciary Committee hearing with uh, him yesterday. I streamed uh, it. I watched it. So none. I streamed so, it okay. on here. Uh, did you see the um, the exchange he had with Senator Kennedy? So speaking of elitism, mm-hmm. Kennedy asked him, "What kind of gun do you own?" And he said, "What's well, a very private question?" Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it is. And maybe you don't want to talk about it 
in public, but like, that's also why I don't want a registry. That's why I'm tired of all the background checks. It's just amazing to think like his worldview of national registries and everything in the NFA, it's logically consistent for him to then say, okay, yeah, I own a, uh, I was trying to make this point earlier. What's that, what's that gun that curves the, um, was it the, you guys remember that it was, it came out a couple of years ago. It was like a curved gun better for, uh, oh, uh, concealed carry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, the, I, curve. the curve. It was called the curve. Is it literally called the curve? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it curves. Um, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I carry a, I carry a curve or I carry a Beretta or whatever. That's what his worldview should have said, but it didn't. Cause he thinks there's two systems of justice here. One for him and one for us. Yeah, he he definitely does. Plus, his face look like looks like Plato. I sort of this is this isn't nice, but I sort of think he looks like Gary Busey. He does. I, I never I never realized that. You are absolutely right. Oh my god! Yeah, at least Gary Busey had an excuse. He was high all the time. <laughs> well, what what makes you think? Has- what makes you think Chipman is it? <laughs> right, that's a good point. Although he's high on himself, credit, he also has Busey has one of the best lines in American movie history. Well, what you guys is know that? What it is. Well, what is that? Hey Utah, give me two. <laughs> Johnny Utah. I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys look that up later. It's it's a great line. Point Break. Right there, you go. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's an iconic line. I love it. I know. Um, so let's take a look picture. Uh, let's take a look at David Chipman here. So this is David Chipman, who is currently running, <laughs> who is currently nominated for ATF director. Well, what? I hope he doesn't win because this guy running the ATF would be bad news. Yeah. Wouldn't you feel bad if you recommended somebody to Ah. do that job, you know, to go up for that hearing, and he did so poorly? I think he did terrible. One of the things things we sort of realized in uh, in yesterday's hearing was he doesn't have a real deep technical knowledge, right? So I think both Kennedy and Cotton asked him to define an assault weapon. He had the hardest time doing it. He he literally said, "I can't define an assault weapon." He pretty much said, he "I know you are, that. but what am I?" Yeah, pretty much. He's, he's, he's he did that roundabout. Well, you're the Congress. You define what it is, and then I'll I can tell you what it is. He didn't get the point. Yeah, that you know they were pointing out how extreme he was, and I think he thinks. Any gun is an assault weapon. And he kept on calling it an assault well, rifle, too. Which it's definitely not. Assault rifle, assault pistols. Um, I mean, what he, speaking of him not being technically savvy, um, you, this, this will come out in the next few days if you guys haven't seen it already. But he did like a Guns 101. Have you seen this? No. No. He did like a gun. This is funny. He did a guns 101 where he broke down different. I threw it out. I just had it with me where he threw out different parts of um, 
uh, sorry, I'm getting messages from Jordan here. Uh, or he, or he, he tried to define different, different parts of firearms and he calls them assault weapons, assault rifles, assault pistols. And then he shows black rifles and he just calls them assault. That's it. His 101 intro into guns was just assault. And this guy's not technically savvy. Well, I, you know, I own a whole After 20 safe- years in the ATF. I own a whole room full of fires. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of fires. What type of fire do you carry? You know, it's weird. Is wasn't he part of the 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 wasn't he part of the, the 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 I guess the bureau in the ATF that was responsible for regulations? Yeah, he was also he was also. Uh, David Waco Chipman down in Waco as well. Yeah. Okay, here's a question. Honestly, yeah. Here's a question for you. Um, we we know he doesn't know about guns, but are you aware that he referred to AK and AR based pistols as armored piercing pistols? Well, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what 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 was the context for that? He's like, like he he, he, he went to, just mix stuff up. No, he 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 was saying that they should be banned. That the ATF should armored. change the definition of armored piercing pistols to ban them. As opposed to like what, what does he think is happening? Long guns. Um... What does he think is happening? I don't know what he thinks is happening. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go into that man's head. Does he think we're throwing the pistols at people to pierce the armor? What like what's going on well, in his head? Well, that was my question. It's like, isn't the aren't rounds armor piercing and not the gun? Yeah, well, this is like this is the thing though. Is like he's not technically savvy, you know, which which is fine with me. I don't want some gun grabber, you know, knowing the technical ins and outs of stuff. But it really makes you wonder why he got promoted. He got promoted not because he's, you know, the best at the job or he's going to be a great leader. He got promoted because he's a political hack. He, right? Yeah, he, he made met millions. the right people. Yeah, he's made literally millions of dollars with with the with the, the anti gun groups selling his access to the ATF and to government. He did the same thing with um, what's it called, Shot Spotter? Yeah, Shot Spotter. Yeah, he he. Yeah, that consulted program that doesn't work. Yeah, uh, Shotswater. Uh, I got in an argument with uh, a, somebody from Brady one time over the Shotswater thing. I hate the because they're saying, "Oh well, well, you know, suppressors aren't is gonna like Jeez. defeat Shotswaters." Blah blah blah. Like Shotswater doesn't even work most of the time, and they're like, "Yes, it does." I'm like, no, it doesn't actually. So for people that don't know what shot spotter is, it's a system of microphones that you have around an urban area, and it's used to triangulate the source of where a firearm's been discharged. Correct. So I, I'm get, I didn't know Chipman was involved with that, but I'm assuming it's a big dollar thing that's sold to you know cities or counties, and it costs a tremendous amount of money. Yeah, it is. It requires a hell of a lot of microphones to actually work and it and it wouldn't really work in counties because counties are too 
Well, it would have to be like city, like city sections, mm-hmm. like where they can mount the microphones in a lot of different places. And, you know, you're not going to mount them in trees or whatever. It, it, it's more for condensed areas because you have to have the microphones relatively and it doesn't close, work. and it doesn't work. That was my point. It doesn't work. Um, so if you guys go to, um, so I told you about that guy who does Oppo research for a living. If you go to um, bidennoms.com, he's just doing a breakdown of all the different nominees and he's written a bunch of stuff about Chipman. He has, uh, I'm looking at maybe 10 articles here of cities talking about what a total piece of garbage shot spotter is. And shot spotter is something that comes up as a method for gun control and reducing, quote, gun violence every time that there's a, a, a murder, but it doesn't work. So like, they're, they're all saying the same thing. It costs a ton of money and it doesn't work. Like it wasn't worth the cost, city officials say. We're not interested in paying $120,000 a year. And who knows if it goes up from there. They're all saying it doesn't work and it costs a bunch of money. But that's what he did as a 22-year ATF official. He knows the levers to go to, right? He knows how to sell this stuff. He can sell his access. He's not a he's not a law enforcement agent anymore. He's a he's a used car advocate. salesman. He's a lobbyist. He's a lobbyist and a used car salesman. Used car salesman. Yeah. Amen. It, it That's is, true. Is exactly what he is. He's a hired gun, who's a used car salesman, and he puts up this. Right. I'm a gun owner. I'm a gun owner. For therefore, I must be, I must be pro gun. It's like no, you're not. You can own a gun and be anti gun. And you own a gun, but you don't believe that everyone else should be able to own guns. That's the whole thing. You're a a megalomaniac who is anti-2A, and you think you're better than everyone, and you should have special rights. Kind of like a Mike Bloomberg, who he uh, is friends with, apparently. Uh, He must be. He Hmm. must be probably why they get along so well because he did have a role in setting up uh mayors against uh what was it mayors against illegal guns or something like that that eventually turned into every town sorry what was that uh mayor what was every town before it was every town it was mayors against the illegal guns or something like that yeah, I, I just came across this like an hour ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he had a he had a role in setting that up as well. Yeah, and and he seems to be the kind of guy that will be willing to say whatever he has to, to, in in his case, line his pockets. So just talking about Shot Spotter, he came out a few years ago and he made a big to do about you got to make suppressors, you know, more illegal, I guess. Um, and make them impossible to get because Double shot spotter probation. can't pick them up. Double yeah. secret probation. Double, double secret. And well, so again, suppressor says, crime is just rampant in the city. It's really awful how many people get killed by firearms with suppressors. I know. I know. I'm sure he knows the numbers. But yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously not a not a problem. But he keeps changing his position on suppressors. Because if you're a shot spotter, you want to say you can hear everything, right? And so first he says you can't hear anything with suppressors. Well, then it's harder to sell shot spotter if that can be defeated with a suppressor. 
And then a few years later, so, oh, no, 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 you can even hear them with suppressors because the tone is, can be picked up by our awesome technology. And then eventually, you know, his, his former boss over at ShotSpotter had to basically just put him in his place and just basically say everything he's saying about suppressors is totally wrong. Um, he's, he'll, he'll say what's convenient in the moment. Him and Fauci should get together. Wear masks, don't wear masks. Yeah, he, 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 he can definitely get them together. Well, if one thing I liked about where we were, we went into a uh, restaurant on Friday night and no one was wearing a mask. And I was just like, heaven. Amazing. Yeah, and, and Rich went to Pizza Hut. He texted me and Rich was like, hey, let's go. Uh, I'm at Pizza Hut. I'm like, I'm eating a steak, man. You didn't invite me to eat with the big boys. I did invite you, but you said you're at Pizza Hut. Uh, actually, down here, my daughter told me LA Fitness is letting you work out without a mask. Oh, that's good. Wow, that that that's really good. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I I don't like Chipman, and I don't like the Biden up eighty percent thing, the pistol, um, the unfinished frames, unfinished receiver rule. I do well, know GOA makes it very convenient to fill out the form. Well, over half the comments right now came from that system. So you go to gunowners.org, and uh, I, I found it right off the, the front page there. So that was very easy for me. Yeah. That's spam. Somebody trying to call me from, oh, calling from Wells Fargo Bank. No, you're not. I don't have Wells Fargo. Well, Fargo wouldn't be calling me. Um, yeah, so GOA does make it very, very simple. I'm going to drop the link in, in the chat in a second. But GOA, uh, the 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 way GOA does it makes it incredibly simple. Um, and I do highly recommend that you add your own personal story. There is a area there where you can add your own personal story to say why you are filling out the form and I encourage everyone to fill it out because even if this doesn't stop it, it would be great to go on the record as saying I'm against that because politicians look at that stuff, you know, and that's one of the things that we have to, to, um, you know, get, I don't know what I'm talking about. We have to get well, that through. I, I guess like the, the way I, yeah, the way I look at it. Sorry, is, I was trying to pull up the link and I got distracted. want to go after, they want to go after low hanging fruit, right? They want to go after the person who's weak in the herd or the group who's weak in the herd, right? There's a reason they don't go after, you know, pick your poison, uh, big bankers or, uh, you know, defense industry or, or certain, you know, specific lobby groups. Um, they're going to go after who they see as weak. So it's important to your point that we fill this out, show them our numbers, show them that we're more importantly engaged, and hopefully they recognize that there's political consequences to all of this. Because at the end of the day, it's what they really care about. They want to be reelected. And if you're a senator, you know that you may have to answer for what the ATF does while you're a senator. And you don't want to be on the record for supporting that. So I know it sort of seems like it's hopeless, or what does one, my one little letter do? But it's grains of sand, guys. It's grains of sand. 
right? And eventually you've got a pile. And members are, you know, you, you, have, you have two senators per state. And if each of them are looking at their, at their inboxes and their offices, and there's, you know, 400 emails, you'd be amazed how they do these gymnastics in their head would say, well, if I have 400 emails opposing this thing, what that really means in my state is I have, you know, 800,000 people who don't like this. And that could be the difference between me winning or losing a district. And so I don't even want to play with that. Let me go after something else. They do it all the time. Yeah. That's why a lot of people don't realize how it works. Um, I put the link in the description, uh, not the description, in the chat of where to go to fill out the form. And I see Flying Rich also did that. I encourage everyone to fill out the form. Uh, there's some questions about the brace thing. Uh, the brace thing should be coming out shortly. I know the White House has received a draft of the actual comments. So we will see what what's, that says. I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to look a lot like the one that they did in December that they pulled, but modified a little bit. And there should be a 90 day comment period for that as well. So we're going to have to hit that up too. So with the Chipman thing, the pistol brace thing, the unfinished firearms receivers and frame thing, do you think they're trying to overwhelm the gun owners by hitting us all with this stuff at the same time. Phil. I think that's a hundred percent part of their plan. I also think that they're committed to their cause, right? Like, you know, this was said by someone else, uh, who's, uh, uh, you know, who's so great on these issues. He goes, when pro gun members had the white house, the Senate and the House, we should have been picking pro-gun bills, you know, off like a menu. And we didn't. We got like a few head pats on, you know, on on a, like very, very small ball things, but never got, you know, the big ticket items. Certainly nobody on our side, at least elected representatives, was making a big to-do about pushing them, right? And yet you see, you know, they're, they're 100-ish days in power, and you've already got these big, you know, like you've got obviously Chipman, who isn't a law enforcement officer anymore. He's he's a he's a he's a political hack, right? I would love to have my own strong two-way, you know, political guy in there. I've said before, I'd love to get Aiden Johnson from you know, GOA. He does; he's their director of federal affairs. Let's get him in there if we're if we're putting in you know advocates yeah, in these positions. Right? Aiden's relentless. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, eighty will call me up at like Saturday night at like ten o'clock and go. I have something. We gotta we gotta figure out what to do with this now. It's ten o'clock on Saturday. No, gun grabbers don't sleep. So yeah, I mean, like it is about overwhelming the system. Overwhelm us, overwhelm us with Chipman, overwhelm us with Chipman, overwhelm us with uh, pistol braces, overwhelm us with. Um, you know, uh, with, with all these other issues. Uh, but it also goes to show their commitment. And some of the guys we have representing us on our side just aren't as committed. So I have two thoughts on what you just said. One is Democrats campaign on something and then they do it. 
Republicans campaign on something and then say, well, when you reelect me, I'll do it. And they always hold that carrot in front of us. Oh, yeah, we're not doing it this term. But when you reelect me, uh, you know, next cycle, we'll, we'll get to the Hearing Protection Act and we'll get to those things you want. Yeah, I have no idea why the Hearing Protection Act didn't make it further when we had when the pro-gun side had like everything. Because they said the Vegas shooter used a silencer because, you know, then you didn't hear him. Yeah, I mean, which I'm not even sure. Is, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know that's why they dropped it, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, any thoughts on the Graham Act? Somebody wants to know that FPC is pushing. I'd have to look into that. The Graham, GR, uh, Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll bring it up here. Graham Act. Just give me one second. Uh, let me find it here. I know they've been pushing this very heavily. Um, it's uh, it's introduced by uh, Representative Young, HR twenty eight thirty. It it basically would restore Second Amendment rights to mar- marijuana co- uh, consumers by creating a federal exemption for state legal marijuana use. Well, that's an interesting thing, right? Like if your state currently has legalized marijuana, you're currently in violation of federal law though, right? That says so on a 4473. It does, but but there's also something that I found in the next handbook that says if a state makes marijuana legal, they can remove anyone who... Uh, is prohibited from buying a firearm because of marijuana charges, they can remove that person from the uh, denial list. Wow. And how does that work? Hmm. They they fill out a one-page form. Hmm. So you answer yes on the box you're supposed to answer no to, then fill out another form and you're good to go? No, I think you still have to answer no. Because uh, it asks if you're an unlawful user. Uh-huh. But a lot of people don't realize yeah, that. Yeah, I'd have the, to dig into that a little bit. But the Graham Act it would would make it legal for you to smoke up and uh, buy a gun. Not real good. In that order, you have to smoke up, then go buy the gun. Yeah, and that's how you end up with uh, a, a Jennings or a High Point. So in, in Florida, because uh, they want to make sure, you know, there's more Democrats voting, they gave uh, felons back, back the right to vote. And so originally, so the, our, our Florida state constitution is like toilet paper. It's really awful. They change it all the time. And so they gave felons the right to vote, but it was a contingent upon them paying back all of their fines and fees, the restitution that they needed to pay. And then, you know, because they promised that when they got it onto, you know, to be on the uh, U.S., sorry, Florida Constitution. Then they went around and said, oh, my gosh, this is like debtor's prison. You're keeping these people's rights to vote for over money. And then that became a lawsuit. 
well, okay, now these guys, the felons, have the right to vote, which I didn't, I didn't necessarily agree with, but – and they, they were able to get it restored on a case-by-case basis. Again, I guess you have to have time and money uh, to be able to go through the judicial process take that uh, to resolve that. So I'm, I'm all in favor of these guys getting the right to carry again. If they can vote, let them carry. Can we just tag that on? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I would agree with that. I mean, ain't that, ain't that the way it always goes, though? They want them to restore their voting rights, but not to restore their Second Amendment rights. Just right. like they want 16-year-olds to vote, but right. I bet none of them want a 16-year-old to be able to purchase a firearm. Or well, they changed that in Florida. They, you got to be 21 now. That was after the Marjorie Stoneman. Yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I, I want to do a really quick uh, giveaway here. Uh, a primary arms hat. Pretty nice. This is primary arms, primary arms. And the question will be, what is my GOA podcast called? First one to enter the name in the comments will win, will win it. All right, here's a question for you. And a lot of times when you do the Minuteman moment, you're in a T-shirt or whatnot. Do you switch out of your suit to a T-shirt? And do you keep your – do you switch out your pants too? Well – For January Loaded by Gorillas and Guns, he won. Send me a dress. I got more stuff for you too. John, as I – Crump, as I've told you before – What's going on with me below the waist is none of your business. <laughs> All right, I'm tired of you. Uh, a lot of times we'll shoot these videos at the end of the day. Um, if I answer that shooting. Well, my co-host um, answered it, so therefore. <laughs> uh, a lot of times we'll film the videos at the end of the day. Um, and I'm just dying to get out of a t-shirt. Uh, sometimes they're in the middle of the day. And I'll just quickly swap out. Um, anytime I can get out of a suit, it's fine. I think Washington is like one of the last two or three cities in the entire country that still requires you to wear a suit every day. So any excuse to get out of this well, is, is good with me. And I can I can rep the GOA gear well, fine for, here. For my day job, uh, everyone wears a suit. But I said if, I'm, if I work there, I'm not never wearing a suit. I'm wearing T-shirts and shorts and – so everyone, if I go into a meeting, everyone's in there in, in suits and I'm wearing like stuff like this. But, everyone I've ever known that bucks the trend on what to wear to work, like you, like t-shirts and shorts, they're always the best at what they do <laughs> because the company can't afford to lose them. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not in a suit. Go ahead and fire me. I don't know about that. I just, I mean, I can get a new job and they know that. That's the, that's the thing. You know, I can get a job in like an hour so yeah so i i don't want to wear a suit i decided a long time ago i'm never wearing a suit to work probably better. i'm a little worried they're talking about going back to the office and they say if i don't get vaccinated uh i gotta wear a mask all the time and then i'll i gotta put on that stupid suits type type stuff plus my office is 150 miles away from my house so Oh, what do you do? Fly there? How would they make you prove that? <laughs> um, well, they they highly encourage us to get the vaccine, mm. and they want us to submit proof. Uh, even a HIPAA violation? Uh, yeah, and be- you wouldn't believe who I work for. HIPAA? 
they would be very concerned about HIPAA violations. I, I work for a medical facility. Well, they they should know HIPAA law, so I don't think they can ask you for that. I think that's one of the reasons why they didn't get the vaccine passport because of HIPAA, right? Right, right. Even though a lot of people wanted the vaccine passport, which I thought was just insane. It just reminds me of Nazi Germany. Papers! You must have papers! Yeah, it is. It's it's kind of funny that they're pushing that. But yeah. Alright, all right, guys. Uh, one final thing. I'm going to leave everyone with a final thought. I was watching something on the Holocaust on YouTube, and it was about Hungarian Jews. And they're talking about how, you know, why why didn't they leave? And it was because they changed laws little by little. It wasn't just this huge thing. It's like, all right, well, you know, it's only a little bit worse. It's only a little bit worse. It's it's and it reminds me of the uh, boiling frog analogy. How do you boil a frog? You raise the temperature little by little, and they never realize that they're being cooked. And I think. As gun owners, that's what they're going to try to do. I think that's what they've been trying to do for a while. So we have to stop it right here. That's why I support the GOA. And that's why I know you guys support GOA as well. And everyone can get a membership from GOA by going to gunowners.org slash black-swan-media. And you can get uh, 25% off. With that said... Rich, I'm going to go over to Rich and I'll go to you, Phil. Give us your plugs because we've been on for like an hour. Okay, so uh, the plugs are always uh, go to Black Swan Tactical, get my newest squadron T-shirt. I got to put and, that up there. Uh, <laughs> I just sent it to John at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, flyingrich.com and youtube.com slash flyingrich. And of course, where I am most prolific is Instagram. So flyingrich underscore official. All right, Jordan signs says, thank you, Crump. Rich and Phil. All right, Phil, give us your plugs or where they can find you or whatever you want to say. It's just your time. You can say whatever you want. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I hope everybody listening can uh, stop over to uh, gunowners.org, check out the GOA website. And if you want to see the Minuteman moment that Crump was talking about, uh, we put out probably about two videos a week uh, talking about legislation. Uh, we're doing some new stuff now. We're breaking down sort of live video and taped video uh, to give you our, our thoughts on it. That's awesome, you can by find the way. That on the... Cool. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going in a different direction and hope folks like it. So far, it sounds like they do. Uh, and you can find that on the GOA uh, YouTube webpage. Do you know what the GOA YouTube webpage is? <laughs> uh... Come on, man. You're the star of it. Just type into the Google Minuteman moment, Gun Owners of America. <laughs> oh, and, and one more quick thing, sort of a teaser for all you guys. Um, I, I sort of mentioned a little bit earlier that I did an interview uh, with a guy who does this opposition research. I mean, he's like the real deal, legit sort of guy where he, you know, he'll hire people to, to uh, you know, dig through garbage and that sort of stuff and, and to, to really get a beat on something. Like, it's legit work. Uh, and he's sort of a legend. And um, I, we just interviewed him, and that should be released 
hopefully in the next couple of days. So be on the lookout for that on the GOA YouTube page. Yeah, Oppo research. And, and, and the point is, he did a lot of background work on Chipman. That's why I bring him up. I would love to get into Oppo research. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. You got to be a special breed. Yeah, I think you would be. I'm pretty good at it already. Um, ask the ATF or FBI or any of the or agencies or organizations that want to violate your God-given and constitutional right to bear arms. I also have a new shirt out. I'm going to bring it up really quick. We got about a minute left. I'm going to bring up my shirt if I can get it up in time, which is also uh, on blackswangtactical.com. Um, it is a really cool shirt. I love it. It's um, The logo was drawn by my friend Pop, who draws Spider-Man. So, yeah, it's a pretty damn good. He, he did this for me. And uh, it's right there. It's the Ever Vigilant T-shirt. It says Ever Vigilant nice. Two ARs. It's it's amazing. I love it. It's uh it's available now for nineteen eleven. And no, that price is not a coincidence. It is actually nineteen eleven because I like nineteen elevens. I know I'm a fud. Whatever. And with that, I'm out. See you guys later.